You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Linton Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Hello, and welcome to Closing the Distance. My name is Jeff Myers, one of the pastors here at Roswell Presbyterian Church. And as it has become our custom, after uh, the preacher preaches a fantastic sermon, uh, we get a chance to come on and interview him or her, explore the various themes, get under the the hood, if you will, of their message. Ryan, uh, how long have you been here at RPC now? Uh, October 1st was my first day, so... October, November, December, January, uh, four, four plus. Four months. So you're kind of getting your feet in, you know, learning some names, know where your office is, how to find it. <laughs> it took me a week to find my way out of the office, but I got that down. <laughs> that's good. And you preached four times on Sunday, so that could be a little bit of a marathon your first time. How'd you feel? I felt good the first two. The last two were uh, interesting because the... Uh, you know, 1045, you're in a spotlight. You can't see people's faces. Plus, I was wearing uh, these, so that didn't really help with that process. And then, as you know, uh, at 11, you're uh, walking into a service that's already in progress. So you get there just in the nick of time to run up there and preach. So you got to be ready. That Never experienced that before. <laughs> it is. It is. You get used to it, but it is kind of a uh, funny, uh, funny feeling walking into a service uh, that's that's already the, the train has already left the station. You're kind of jumping on, trying to to get. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a fantastic sermon. We're we're in the series of help, uh, talking about these emotions, situations in life, feelings where we need God's help. And so we've been looking theologically um, about various things, fear. Um, we're going to talk about loneliness. And you talked about anger, about help. And are you, you mentioned this in one of the services I was in. Do you find yourself to be a person that struggles with anger? At times. Um, you know, when your kids don't listen the first time or the second time, you might be tempted to become angry. And here's my question. Uh, yeah, as a parent, I think parents experience anger. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to get into the very, because I've got a lot of questions I want to ask you about between <laughs> when it's okay and not okay to yeah. be angry. I, I love Aristotle, dude. I love that. Uh, his, his thing, you know, to be angry at the right person in the right time, in the right way, to the right amount. A lot of qualifiers. It's tricky. Right. So, so uh, oftentimes my son, you know, he's five years old now, and I'll say, I, I need, um, I need you to put your toys away, and he'll keep playing. Mm -hmm. I need you to put your toys away. He keeps playing. Major, I need you to put your toys away, and then I'll be like, Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> I'm like, Because you weren't listening. Right. Yeah. What else am I supposed to do? We my, we know that. Yeah. You're a parent. You have two kids. They're a little older than mine. Give me some advice. 
See, that's where Laura and I have very, very different styles because she's used to teaching children all day. So she, you know, she'll say be a be a good first time listener. Um, and she has method, you know, tried and true methods where I just kind of tend to go become angry. Dial up the volume. Do what you just did. Yeah. Dial up the volume, the intensity. And uh, I just, but, yeah, I just, I, I'm like, I'm not angry with you. I'm just getting louder. So you'll listen. And two, you know, if you've had a, a great day, you might be s slower to become angry, but if you're, you know, irritable or didn't get enough rest, um, traffic was horrible. You're kind of at wits end by the time that you get home and then you run into that. So there are times where I just have to kind of remove myself from the, the equation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. What do you think? Let, let's go down that road. Like what are some of the good coping mechanisms, like practical things we can do when we become angry? Um, I read that the therapeutic, like, go punch a punching bag doesn't really help. Yeah, I've read that, too. It just makes you focus even more on the thing that you're angry about. But um, taking a walk will be a great way. So just take a lap around the neighborhood and then come back. Yeah. Or in the heat of the moment, take some deep breaths before you say the thing that you might be tempted to say. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, when you're talking, um, like email, like is you get an email that makes you angry and you want to like fire back, like an angry email, not a good idea. Not never because then it's in writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and an angry email has never made a situation better. Right. No. And, and so oftentimes I've been known to write the angry email in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then I put it into my draft folder, say, yeah. I'll come back it, to it tomorrow. So I've expressed myself. I, I, okay, I'm angry. I know I've gotten it all out. Now I put it in my draft folder. Then the next morning I'll come back and open it up and I'll be like, wow, talk about overkill, you know, like mm -hmm. talk about overreaction. And it's like, I don't need to say that in that way. It's not really that annoying. It's not making me that angry. This is probably about something else. And sometimes you might put something in caps because you want it to be emphasized, but that's always communicated as yelling angrily. So, so it's just so many times I've, I've seen people, I've learned from other people's not doing that. And so I'm like, okay, never send an angry email. If you're mm -hmm. angry, put it in the draft folder. And if you're still angry the next day, then okay. But right. rarely am I ever that angry. I've done that. Yeah, and I've, I've seen it make a bad situation much worse. I, I've done it both ways. I've, I've done it where I put it into the draft folder, and then I've made the mistake of sending it in the moment. And hours later or days later, you always regret. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the other things is, like, we have to be the kind of people that can say sorry and apologize when we're angry. I mean, I've had mm -hmm. to apologize to my kids, to my wife, uh, to friends, you know, like I was wrong. 
I should not have said that or treated you that way. And I was wrong and I'm sorry, please forgive me. I think it's, it's tough to do, but it's important. Those words go a long way in repairing what was wrong to say, you're right. I messed up mm -hmm. and I'm sorry. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if you, I'm probably a much more prideful person than you, but um, you know, having to humble yourself and say, I'm sorry, or, and ask for forgiveness really does like the, the aroma, the legacy, you know, <laughs> the leftover feeling of that humility makes me more hesitant to get angry <laughs> in the moment later. Well, I, I learned that the hard way because when I was in my 20s and 30s, I was more stubborn um, about things, but it just doesn't pay off. So mm -hmm. I remember my, I think my first Sunday or two in Lawrenceville, they had a, a prayer, uh, not a prayer, they had a uh, mission fair. Oh, yeah. But we also had a new member, and I said, you know, I asked him if he'd like to go to lunch, and he said, sure. So I skipped out on the mission fair. And it was a bad how, decision. How long have you been at, at Lawrenceville at that point? No, in like weeks. <laughs> so I really stepped in it just right away. And uh, I was still like in in my last call mode where I'm like, you know, let's let's go evangelize. You know, let's get some new members in here. And uh, the uh, mission coordinator just let me have it. And I said, you know what? You're right. I, I really messed up bad. So, and then we were like great friends from there on, but. That's, that's really, you're just, good intentions. You had good intentions. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> that cracks me up. Oh, yeah. Ryan, how, what we learn, what we learn. All right. Um, so as you talked about Jesus being angry, I just thought it was very, it was very well done where it's a very nuanced way. How can anger be a positive force in our lives? Or would you use the word anger? Would you maybe use a different word to describe describe that kind of emotion? Yeah, I was trying to think through that. Because when is anger helpful? Mm -hmm. It rarely is. I mean, if you're you know, sinking in quicksand and you angrily have to claw your way out, maybe, that, you know, in yeah. that kind of way. But well, what, do, you, do you be, can you be angry at injustice? Yeah. But then That's if you the... over respond to injustice angrily, it can make things worse. But, you know. Well, yeah, hatred is not good, but you can hate evil. So you can be angry at evil things things that bring about injustice. Uh, you see somebody being treated poorly. Um, and one of the angry things, at the offender. Yeah. And one of the things I think like in relationships is that the emotion of anger really makes things better when you're trying to communicate. You know, like you need to, uh, what did Paul say? You need to be able to speak the truth in love. And right. Speaking the truth in anger is very rarely ever well received. Some people don't do well with that. Um, I witnessed my mom and dad, they would they would have it out in the heat of the moment and they would yell. Now this wasn't often, but when they did, they, they would yell. So when I got married, I yelled at Laura 
thinking this is how this works. Uh, and then she started to cry. And I, I said, no, you're not doing this right. <laughs> you're supposed to yell back and then we work it out. But that that's not how she communicates. So, <laughs> Oh, that's good to know. Well, right. that's one of the things I talk about in premarital counseling. I try to, you know, kind of conflict resolution questions of like, how do you fight in our, but one of the things I also talk about is like, you know, some people think they shouldn't fight in front of their kids. If they have kids that they shouldn't fight in front of them. And I've always right. been of the mind, like you should, and you should fight fair and you should demonstrate healthy ways to disagree and yeah. to resolve conflict because your kids are going to need to learn and gain those skills. Do you think right. that's true? I think it's great advice. Good. Thanks. <laughs> it's advice I could have used um, early on. Have you gotten better? Oh, yeah. We're on the same wavelength 99% of the time. So people do change. You can change. Yeah. yeah. I used to never turn lights off. But then now, every time I leave a room, I'm turning lights off left and right. So <laughs> it's the little things, you know. That's good to know. I don't know. Somebody comes in and turns my light off. I leave my office. My, I come back. My lights go. I, I'm gone for like 30 seconds. And I don't know who it is. I think it's, I don't know. Somebody's probably a joke on me. I'm like. It, it's not me, but it, it, it could be. It, it happened long. It's been happening long before, you know, you got here. And I, I have some suspects that I'm, that who it might be, but I'm waiting to catch them in the act. Like, are we really saving that much energy? Like, Set up camera. Because I think it makes me look like I'm, I don't work here. And then people are like, you know, I'm Jeff. You know, he's, <laughs> just, so if I leave my light on, people will think that I'm just burning the uh, midnight oil. <laughs> you just leave. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So this Sunday, um, I'm going to talk about loneliness and kind of um, being willing to ask for help. Mm -hmm. um i find like you know there's a plague of loneliness in our culture and world and one of the sad things about loneliness is it causes us it prevents us from the energy or the willingness to act to get out and to help it like it gets us into a doom loop right right where, where the very condition we have prevents us from resolving our condition um what people associate loneliness with covid but uh it's something that's been going on for what the past few decades when was uh bowling alone when did that come out i think it was late 90s 1999 mm -hmm. i think but it sounds right i think 35 percent more prevalent i think i mean uh, the yeah uh the head of the surgeon general i think came out with a study that is i mean it's really not good so i'm going to Try to explore. What are some of the questions you think people are wrestling with when it comes to loneliness that we should be talking about on Sunday, especially when it comes to church and uh, when people spiritualize? I think there's a lot of loneliness for um, people who would be reluctant to drive. You know, what what is the source of the loneliness? Is it an intentional thing or... Um, 
somebody depressed? Uh, are they introverted? And what what it, is the reluctance to get into a church community and to be surrounded by a, a faith family? Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to talk about that. I'm looking forward to help. And uh, as, as we continue this sermon series. And then next Wednesday, we're going to kick off Lent with Ash Wednesday. Yes. And that will uh, be the 40 days excluding Sundays that lead up to Easter. It's a great liturgical season. And we're going to talk about prayer and famous prayers of the Christian what? church. What are your thoughts about those Sundays? Because people who are uh, hardcore uh, lynchers, they either don't know about that or they want to throw those in and get like extra credit. Well, technically, uh, Sundays are always Resurrection Day. You know, that's why we worship on Sundays because Jesus was raised from the dead on Sunday. And so it's, it's technically not a Lent day. We right. Don't, you know, we celebrate resurrection on that day. The other days, we are in self-reflection, repentance, which means to change one's mind, mm -hmm. to um, think critically about our lives and the direction of them. So, um, I'm what sorry. What should be the uh, the there's focus? No there's no sadness. There's no dourness on Sundays. It's only resurrection, baby. A lot of thoughts about that, too. What do you think about that? Well, you know, a lot of people give up something that will make them you know, give up chocolate or caffeine or whatever, but that that's more about us. Uh-huh. Instead of repentance necessarily. Right. What do you mean by that? If if I give something up, is it to better my faith life? Mm. Or is it only for the betterment of myself? <laughs> so is it, you know. Human, more self-centered self creatures <laughs> yeah. yeah i think that's a great point i i've known people for lent that they don't um they don't subtract something they actually add something on i'm going to serve in this way i'm going to pray more yeah read the bible every day pray every day yeah yeah because, you know some people make new year's resolutions but those i mean to do for 365 days is pretty difficult uh 40 days i think is much more manageable but you know it's all, like Protestants historically have not really practiced Lent too much. I mean, we've celebrated Easter. I think it's only been in the last 15 to 20 years there's been this um, retrieval of Lenten practices in the Protestant church. It was usually just a Catholic thing, mm -hmm. an Orthodox thing. Um, so and was more pronounced because you had two months of Mardi Gras. Oh. You know, Mardi Gras is French for Fat Tuesday, but it wasn't just a day of celebration. It was a season. So when Ash Wednesday rolled around, all of that just went away. Oh, wow. So it's more heavily pronounced. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. And it was two months of partying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, to do ministry in Mobile. What a, the stories you must have. What's a, yeah, what, I mean, what was a good, that was so, what, give us a good, close us out with a good Mobile story in Mardi Gras. That's safe for children. <laughs> well, it's just a whole series of parades. Uh, you know, you've got, they're selling boudin on the street corners. And you've got beads hanging from the trees. And just 
I think the creativity that goes into the floats. Uh-huh. That's family friendly. Well, <laughs> what was the, any any float uh, float favorites? I think the fire breathing dragon. Oh, like real yeah. fire? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. All right, Ryan. Well, thank you for closing the distance with, with us this week. We appreciate your message. I encourage for folks who missed it, uh, you can go uh, listen to a sermon, Anger Management, on roswellpress.org, also our YouTube sites. You can stream it on our podcasts or on Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Um, we're trying to connect with folks as much as possible so that they do not feel lonely. We're in this uh, and on this journey with you. Uh, let us know uh, if you need any help or there's anything you can do. Give us feedback. Um, hope to see you uh, on Sunday or next week. Thanks for closing the distance, y'all. Take care. Thank you.